want to talk about the ordinary. I think the notion of the ordinary is often underrated. Think about it. To say that something is ordinary is to insinuate that it's boring, unexciting, or not worthy of our, of our attention. To be an ordinary person is to say that we have no celebrity status or no nor, notoriety. I'm just a very ordinary person. To be among the ordinary is to claim your place among the masses, among the common folks. To be ordinary is to almost, for some, to announce that you've quit trying, that you no longer want to be extraordinary. So that's why today I am announcing my campaign to raise the level of ordinary. I'll take signatures. I'll send around a petition. If you want to give donations, that's perfectly fine. That's not necessary. But I'm going to put pressure on ordinary to become extraordinary in a very ordinary kind of way. I'm going to allow ordinary to be, well, I'm just going to let it be ordinary and invite folks to see the beauty and the miracle in all of that. Now think about it. Most of us lead pretty much ordinary lives. We have ordinary jobs. We have ordinary families. Well, some of you do, but most of us have ordinary families. We shop at ordinary places. We do ordinary things. We have ordinary cars and ordinary homes and very ordinary neighborhoods. We lead pretty much ordinary lives. But that shouldn't mean that it's a life that's any less than any other life. As I said, it's underrated. I think the undervaluing of the ordinary affects our spiritual journey. So we feel that our spiritual journey is blasé or it's boring if something extraordinary isn't happening. We may not even know what extraordinary looks, but we feel the pressure to produce, to manufacture this sort of extraordinary spiritual journey. We're searching for the wow factor, and to be fair, I don't even know what the wow factor would look like. I have my wow moments, but I'm not even sure. I have a lot more what moments and a lot more why moments than I have wow moments. So what if our spiritual journey focused more on the ordinary and the everyday rather than trying to create the extraordinary? In fact, how can we be attentive to God and see where God is making the ordinary rather extraordinary? It's interesting. The Christian church year or liturgical year which if you have been in Friends and Quakers a long time, you know nothing of what I'm talking about. But it actually begins in December with Advent. Then it follows up with Christmas, and then it has what's called Epiphany. Now, between Epiphany and Easter, there's a time called Ordinary Time. And if you're asking, how do I know this? I Googled it all, all right? We didn't learn this in seminary. And then after Easter and Pentecost, there is another time called Ordinary Time. And in regards to the Christian calendar, we are in ordinary time until Advent. And that's really fascinating for me. Author uh, Ruth Haley Barton, she writes that ordinary time is significant because it, quotes, transforms every aspect of our human experience into a place of encounter with the Holy One. If I were following the Christian calendar, if I were following the following the liturgical year, I would have to say, you know, my favorite time is probably ordinary time. Because it's in that moment that I'm invited to reflect upon my very ordinary life and ask myself, where is God in this? What is God doing with this? And where do I encounter God in those very mundane moments? This is why I love how Eugene Peterson translates Romans 12, 1 to 2. Dina read it from the Living Bible. I'm going to read it from the message. Quote, 
So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what God wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Now, I think for our purposes here this morning, I want to suggest that it invites us in three ways. Just taking the language from that paraphrase. First, just take your everyday Ordinary, sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God. In other words, we don't just have a spiritual life. We have a life. And we have a life that is enveloped and soaked in the grace and presence of God. We don't have a Sunday go-to-meeting life and then a real life that we live Monday through Saturday. We have a life. And we are invited to offer this life, the one life we are given to God every day. So I will tell you this, but in a very much more gentle, tender way, get a life. But get a life that you recognize is immersed and soaked in God's presence every day. Now this really does speak to our Quaker understanding of life as a sacrament, all of life as a sacrament. When we think of sacraments, we think of baptism and we think of communion. These are traditionally defined as outward expressions of an inward reality. Well, see, Quakers invite folks to see all of life, all of this as an outward expression of an inward reality. So in other words, meals become a sacrament. Friendships become a sacrament. Our work and our jobs become a sacrament. How we use our time and our abilities becomes a sacrament. How we spend our money and use our resources becomes a sacrament. I would even add how we are good stewards of our pain and our brokenness is a sacrament because that's part of our life. Offering to God the mess of our life is just as much a sacrament as receiving communion in our life. Britain Yearly Meeting has a wonderful faith and practice, and it offers these words as a question or a query to consider. Quote, Be aware of the Spirit of God at work in the ordinary activities and experience of your daily life. Spiritual learning continues throughout life and often in unexpected ways. There is inspiration to be found all around us, in the natural world, in the sciences, and in the arts, in our work and in our friendships, in our sorrows as well as in our joys. Are you open to new light from whatever source it may come? Be aware of the Spirit of God in the ordinary activities and experience of your daily life. I think the second thing it invites us to do is to live attentively throughout your day, especially being attentive to where the grace of God and where God are showing up. As this scripture says, pay attention to God. Pay attention to what's going around us. I think when it comes to God and grace in our everyday life, and maybe this is just more me, I think we probably do suffer from spiritual attention deficit disorder to some degree. We're easily distracted. We're distracted by our anxiousness. We're distracted by taking on other people's issues or problems or expectations. We, we get distracted by the latest headline or the latest soundbite or the latest debate on social media. 
what I find, though, is the best thing to do is to acknowledge the distraction and then just to recenter myself. And then invite God into the distraction and ask, what does it speak to me? And if nothing, to refocus my attention and invite God's Spirit to speak to me about my day or my life. Sometimes when I do think about it, sometimes when I remember it, I will at night just kind of play the tape on my day. And I'll ask myself a couple questions. Where did I see God today? How did I encounter God today? Or I might ask the question, where did I encounter love or grace throughout this day? Or if I could change one thing about this day and how I responded, what would it be? It invites me to pay attention to my life. Or as Parker Palmer says, let your life speak. What is your life saying to you? When you listen really hard to your soul, what is your soul speaking to you? And to pay attention is to acknowledge that God is present in the everyday and the ordinary and that God's voice and direction can be present at any point and at any time. It takes discernment and may take sitting with it or even getting help from friends. But our lives, and maybe my life, suffers from a lack of paying attention to how God is showing up around us and within us. I like how author and speaker Leighton Ford puts it. You maybe remember the name Leighton Ford. He's Billy Graham's brother-in-law. He, he, when Billy Graham did a lot of crusades throughout the world, Leighton Ford was sort of the next guy in charge, has written this wonderful book on the spiritual life. And he says this, quote, Paying attention is not a way by which we make something happen, but it, it is a way to see what is already given to us. Paying attention isn't making things happen. It's simply paying attention to what is already given to us. What has God given to you? What is God giving to me at this juncture in my life on this day? That's often where we will see God showing up in our life. And again, it doesn't have to be extraordinary. What has God given me today? Breath. God has given me breath. God has given me family, and I actually have an extra one here this weekend, and one who just happened to text me about five minutes ago that said, Happy Father's Day. He's in Atlanta. God has given me a wonderful faith community. God has given me a home. God has given me, at this point, good health. See, sometimes you don't have to go very far. We just look at the mundane, the ordinary, and we'll find God. The third invitation, as written in this passage, is to simply allow God's grace to bring out the best in you and then to live out that best self in the ordinary and in the mundane. As as the passage says, God brings out the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. And I think this is key, and this is what God is about. God isn't sitting around simply wanting to point out the worst in you. I really think we have that frame of mind. Maybe not everybody, but I really feel some folks have a sort of template of the spiritual life that God just sits around waiting to play, I gotcha. That when I disappoint God, when I mess up, when I don't follow through, that's when God shows up. I think God shows up way more than that. I'm not even sure God shows up in that way. God does show me times I need to correct my life, but not in the sort of, I gotcha. It's more like, I really love you. And I want to show you a different way. 
But I also believe God is present and available to bring the best out of you. It's God's intent that we are able to discern who we are at our best as well as making the necessary choices that are best for us. Will we always get it right? I doubt it. I don't. But that doesn't derail us for the rest of our life. That's what grace is all about. Engaging in this self-awareness within God's grace so we make these mid-course corrections. In this arena in which I'm being invited to live out my best self is within the arena of my everyday, very ordinary life. When I leave here at about 12.30 this afternoon. That's It matters here, but I want to say, and I'll risk it, maybe it matters more out there in those ordinary, mundane places. This is where the action is. This is where it counts the most. You see, I want want to live out my best self as a husband and father. I want to live out my best self in my relationships and my friendships. I want to live out my best self when discussing politics with people and engaging in hard decisions related to yearly meeting issues. I want to live out my best self when decisions don't go my way, when life doesn't go my way, when people don't go my way. I want to live out my best self when the temptation is to drift towards cynicism and sarcasm, and I want to live out my best self as a pastoral minister. I even want to live out my best self when I'm right. And that's not very often, but when I am, I don't always have to tell people that I was. I just want to live out my best self in those very ordinary, mundane moments. Where do you want to live out your best self? Where do you want to show up a little bit more mature than you have in the past? Where in your everyday, ordinary life would be the best place to begin living that out? A couple thoughts to close, not my thoughts. This is by Father Peter Michael Preble. He's a blogger that I followed, has a few articles that float out there every now and then, but I love this thought. Quote, The spiritual life is not that difficult. We make it difficult. All we need to do is look at the ordinary in our life and see how we can make this an offering to God. How does our work influence the world around us? How, and how does the world influence each of us? If we look closely, we will be able to find God in the ordinary of our life. In fact, since God is in each of us, we just might be looking at him every day. I think there is that of God in everyone. God shows up every day, even in people that we encounter. Even in people that believe differently than you. Even in people that will vote differently than you even people that have different theologies than you. There is that of God in everyone. And how can we be our best self in those moments? One more poem. You know, there's always a joke in seminary that pastors' sermons are an introduction, three points, and a poem. So I really hesitated to end with a poem because I didn't want to live into that. But since we have the baby dedication, since we had a child here, Charlotte, who we dedicated, and we have children in this meeting. I love this poem by William Martin. It's called Making the Ordinary Come Alive. And then I'll close with this, and we'll take a few more moments for reflection. Do not ask your children to strive for extraordinary lives. Such striving may seem admirable, but it is the way of foolishness. Help them instead to find the wonder and the marvel of an ordinary life. 
Show them the joy of tasting tomatoes and apples and pears. Show them how to cry when pets and people die. Show them the infinite pleasure in the touch of a hand. And make the ordinary come alive for them. Because the extraordinary will take care of itself.